Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pre-Game Rumbling Show presented by DraftKings, where for week 11, I'll be previewing the 6-3 and three Buffalo Bills taking on the 3-6 and six Cleveland Browns as the Bills host them at their home away from home at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, for those of you who do not understand or who do not know why the Buffalo Bills are hosting the Browns in Michigan as opposed to Orchard Park, um, let me tell you, you must be hiding under a rock somewhere because right now um, we are in the midst or we just finished one of the most historic snowstorms in Western New York history, where this storm has dumped over 70 inches of snow in the area surrounding Highmark Stadium. And I believe it's a record for the state of New York, not for the country, but the state of New York in a 24 hour span. So the Buffalo Bills. And the NFL decided that it would be in the best favor of the fans and everybody involved um, for safety reasons to go to the stadium and leave the stadium or to for Western New York to be able to use all their resources in places that it was needed as opposed to a football game. So because of that, the decision has been made that the Buffalo Bills will be in Detroit at Ford Field, which I think could turn out to be a blessing in disguise because the Buffalo Bills actually have to stay there, or they don't have to stay, but they actually play, play there again Thursday for Thanksgiving against, you know, the Detroit Lions. So I think it makes sense for the Bills to be there and, and probably stay throughout the week, so that way they don't have to figure out the traveling. Um, but who knows what the Bills will do? We'll get into that later on this week as we'll have another edition of this show um, with a quick turnaround because Thursday is coming up quickly. So let's get right into it. Um, I, I am, listen, I think, I think this game is going to be, um, a game that Bills fans don't want to, it's going to be a type of game that we don't want to see. Now the Bills are favored and, and obviously everybody expects us to bounce back after losing two games in a row, one to the Jets and one to the Vikings. Um, both teams, surprisingly, not the Vikings, but more so the Jets are good. The Jets are a good football team and they have a good defense. Uh, but the Buffalo Bills were expected to win that game. The Minnesota Vikings, I think that was a more evenly matched game than, than what most would have admitted prior to last Sunday. But Kirk Cousins looks every bit of a good quarterback. I, I don't want to say a franchise quarterback, but you know, if you look at the way he's played this season, you look at the big moments that he's had, and then you look at last Sunday against the Bills in the second half and in overtime, Kirk Cousins absolutely looks like a franchise quarterback and he looks like the leader of that offense. So the Bills need to get back on uh, the right path. They need to start winning games again. They need to start doing all the things that everybody expected them to do coming into the season. But at six and three for week 11, I don't I don't think that um, it's it's the end of the world. It's not a bad place. It's not a horrible place. I know when you look at the AFC East standings, it's a little discouraging because the Bills are currently three or a third in the division, but it's still early. There's a lot of football left to be played, so I don't want anybody to overreact and think that this is the most devastating place for the Buffalo Bills to be. Um, the AFC East is probably the best division in football. If the playoffs started today, as opposed to us having a game against the Cleveland Browns, all four teams would be in the tournament. So when you when you look at it from that perspective, yes, you know, you would like to be first. Yes, you would like to have beat the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets instead of being 0-2 in the division. But 
they're they're still in a very good place. And you figure, you know, today we have the Cleveland Browns who were favored against. They're three and six. And then you fast forward a few days for Thanksgiving and we're favored against the Detroit Lions. So you, you want to be able to win those two games and then come out of Thanksgiving eight and three. If you're able to do that, I think a lot of people look at this situation completely different. Like I said, of course, you want to be two and oh in the division as opposed to zero and two. But I think that eight and three overall record will um, will make some people feel a whole lot better about it. But for this game specifically, um, the weather is no longer a factor. And I thank God that it's no longer a factor. We do not have to talk about Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs playing in four feet, five feet of snow. Instead, they are playing in a dome. So I don't have a weather report for you because there will not be a weather factor. That is something that I'm excited about because, you know, everybody knows I'm team dome. I know the Bills aren't going to build the new stadium as a dome. I know a lot of fans look forward to having the home field advantage with the weather and, and the cold. I am not one of those fans, I believe. So forgive me, listeners, if, if you're part of um, the crowd who frowns upon Team Dome. But I think this game is going to be one of those games that strengthens my argument as for the reason why I think we should have a dome. Josh Allen performs well regardless of how he plays or where he plays, but in a dome, you take away all of the other factors. You take away those things and then you allow him to really, we saw what he did in, in LA. We saw what he did. You know, every time we see him in a dome, he seems to play very well. So I'm looking forward to this game. We don't have to talk about weather. Let's get into the injury report. Um, the Buffalo Bills uh, will be without one of my favorite guys, Tremaine Edmonds. I think that's going to hurt. And will also be without Greg Rousseau. Uh, wide receiver Jake Kumaro has been placed on injured reserve. Uh, which will leave the Bills a little bit short at the wide receiver position. Um, I, I do know that Jordan Poyer is expected to play. Um, I, I believe he's still injured, but, you know, we'll see what happens. He's expected to play. Uh, Tredavious White, I believe, will be inactive for this game again. And got a lot of Bills fans kind of upset about that. But I think I think it's for the best. I think it's for the best. I would like to see Trey White, Trey White back, and I would like to see him back sooner than later. But if the team feels that he's not ready and if he feels he's not ready, I think the best thing that the team can do is allow him to practice, allow him to kind of get a game speed or, um, you know, just some some chemistry back with his teammates and some trust in himself and his body before uh, they throw him out in NFL action against uh, stud receivers. I'm so grateful that he wasn't out there, you know, trying to overextend himself against Justin Jefferson, who proved to be one of the best, if not top two or top three wide receivers in the league. On the flip side, the Browns will be without defensive backs, DeAnthony Bell and starting cornerback Greg Newsom II. That is big. Um, I don't think that the Browns have a great defense as it is, but to be without Greg Newsom and, and DeAnthony Bell, that is that hurts them. Uh, defensive tackle Perion Winfrey is also out. Guard Michael Dunn is out as well. Um, their stud star tight end David Njoku is questionable with an ankle injury. I would expect him to try and hustle it out and play. Uh, but as of right now, they do have him designated as questionable with that ankle injury. So let's get into it. Here are my thoughts and things to look for for this game. 
I'm going to start off with, I think, what everybody wants to start off with. I'm looking to see if Josh Allen can get out of this funk we've seen him in over the last few weeks. Um, ever since the second half of the Green Bay Packers game, it seems like some things just aren't clicking. Uh, we still see flashes in, in the moments of brilliance that we've grown to love from Josh, but then we've also seen him have difficulty protecting the ball in key situations. His decision-making hasn't been as sharp, um, and, and he's just been he's been turning the ball over. Last week against the Vikings, uh, he's had, you know, he had the interceptions and the fumble in the end zone. Now, depending on how you look at things, you might not want to place the blame on him for the fumble. Uh, you might not be as upset with him uh, for the first interception in the end zone. You know, when I believe it was a it was a situation where the Bills were trying to score and, you know, it was fourth and two. And instead of kicking the field goal there, they went for it. And I tell you what, I, I, um, I don't like the play call. I don't like the play call. Hindsight is 2020. You, you take the points, obviously. But the Bills have been very confident in Josh Allen and the offense, and, and it's paid off in different situations. So, you know, you can't be upset that they go for it. But I, I was not a fan of that play. I was not a fan of the fact that he threw an interception on that play, ended up Patrick Peterson running the ball back for some distance to kind of get the Vikings in some decent field position. Wasn't a fan of that decision. I think you throw the ball away or you don't call that play at all. Really, you kick a field goal. Uh, but the, the interception in overtime, shout out to my man Joe Miller from the Overreaction Podcast. Joe Miller said that after looking at the film, and I saw the play, that Gabe Davis was, in fact, open if Josh Allen would have led him. But I think in that situation, with Josh Allen coming fresh off of an elbow injury, which I think he still was being affected by, you know, he he was – there were some people who thought some experts, health experts who thought that he would have been out for, you know, a couple of weeks, two to four weeks with that type of injury. Instead, he came right back and played, had a brace on. I don't take that. Sh I don't take that shot. I don't do that if I'm Josh Allen uh, not coming off of the injury so quickly. And you still had time. You had two timeouts. There was a minute and a half left. In my opinion, you take the time to to try and chop away and get as close to the end zone as possible and to make things happen instead of trying to force it. It wasn't a situation where it had to be the end all be all or the game had to be on the line. We had time. So I'm looking forward to seeing what version of Josh Allen will, will be out on the field. And like I said, with the weather not being a factor, I'm hoping that Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey get back to basics. The first few games of the season, I was so excited because I, I recognized what they were doing in the passing game. Uh, the very first game against against the Rams, Stephon Diggs basically took over the run game as a receiver. They were throwing him quick passes for four or five yards that gave him an opportunity to kind of get a little bit of yak. There were some plays that four-yard pass that turned into a nine-yard game, but then there were some that he was able to break from a four-yard pass that ended up into a 20-yard game. So those are the type of passes I would like to see Stefan Diggs um, be on the receiving end again. Also, Gabriel Davis. I understand we love him. He's, he's one of my favorite players on the team, but when you're talking about wide receiver two numbers and you're talking about an offense that's supposed to be as explosive as the Buffalo Bills, I'm not seeing wide receiver two numbers. 
what I'm seeing is he had a huge game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, this last game against the Vikings, he had a pretty good show or a pretty good outing as well as he almost had 100 yards receiving. But when you look at the overall performance for the season, I'm not seeing what we expected out of Gabriel Davis. Um, 24 receptions on 48 targets is not wide receiver two numbers. So I would like to see Ken Dorsey find a way creatively to get him more involved. I want to see Davis and Knox both involved in the offense to take some of the pressure off of Stephon Diggs. That's what I'm looking forward to. Now, let's talk about the defense a little bit. Tremaine Edmonds being out of this game is a huge deal. And I know he's one of the most polarizing topics or in players on this team. Either you love him or you hate him. I happen to be on the side that loves him. I love Tremaine Edmonds for multiple reasons. I think he's one of the best defenders that this team has. I know he doesn't make, quote unquote, the splash play every week, um, but I don't think the team uses him in that aspect. I don't think they use him for splash plays. I think they use him for stability and security, and he does those things well. He's a leader, and and I think that he's very smart. So with him being out, um, I think it's rough because last week against the Vikings, Kirk Cousins and that offense was in check in the first half. We held them in check in the first half. The moment Tremaine Edmonds went out, it was a completely different team. And that offense began to take advantage of, of the weaknesses that we didn't see in the first half. Now, Jordan Poyer coming back is a boost. That's a boost for the Bills. But missing Tremaine Edmonds will allow the Browns to really try and test the run early. They want to test this run defense of the Buffalo Bills because we haven't been, you know, against against the Packers in the second half. They ran the ball. They ran the ball well. The Vikings had a, a big run there in the second half that the Bills fans, you know, we all didn't like it, but it happened and we're seeing it. The Jets controlled the clock with that run game. The Jets controlled the clock with the run game. So when you're coming into this game with Kareem Hunt as your second best running back on the team because you have Nick Chubb, I promise you that the Cleveland Browns want to run the ball early and often. So I'm looking for Leslie Frazier to find good ways to stop the run, as well as help our young defensive backs kind of keep Amari Cooper in check. Amari Cooper is not Justin Jefferson, but he is super talented. And I do not want to see uh, Cam Lewis or, or any of our young guys be put out on an island against a talent like Amari Cooper and expect them to win time and time again. I really would like to see us do something to help our defensive backs be in the right positions and, and also, like I said, to stop the run. And then my last point, um, the run game is confusing me quite a bit. Last week, Devin Singletary started the game on fire, on fire. He had two first half rushing touchdowns that appeared to be, you know, it, it almost seemed like it was easy for the run offense. You know, that first half, Devin Singletary was dragging guys with him. He was running through people, running around people. And it took pressure off of Josh. Like I mentioned earlier, he, he just came off the, the injury with the elbow. And everybody, nobody knew exactly how injured Josh was. So I was expecting to see other people step up. Devin Singletary did it in the first half. But my focus for this week is really to see how confident the Bills are in Devin Singletary and in the running game. Because after he fumbled, which can be questionable. There wasn't an angle that showed conclusive evidence that he was down. So that's why they didn't reverse the call. But, you know, 
I think most people with eyes can see, and I think I don't think it was a fumble. I'm also a Bills fan and I'm biased, but looking at that, it confuses me as to why when Devin Singletary fumbles or when he does something wrong, he's automatically taken out of the game or he's not trusted to continue uh, to really be a focal point or a featured player in the offense for the remainder of that game. And we've seen that throughout his career. We've seen that. Now, I don't understand it. I get it. Josh Allen is, is you know, the 200 million, the 200 plus million dollar man. But Josh makes mistakes and we don't take him out of the game. You know, we, we see uh, drop passes from people. We see things like Isaiah McKenzie making mistakes, but they continue to give him opportunity after opportunity. But then we take out Devin Singletary. So I'm looking to see the running game really, really uh take lead and, and do some things that would, again, take pressure off of Josh Allen. And I don't want to see a huge running day where we have a certain amount of rushing yards, but it's inflated because Josh Allen ran for 75 yards. I want to see Naheem Hines get involved. I want to see James Cook get involved. James Cook looks a whole lot better now than he did the first couple of weeks of the season. So I'm looking forward to seeing what this run game can do and how they can help this offense. I think the Bills are better than the Browns. Top to bottom, it is what it is. I think the Buffalo Bills have a better roster, and this game should not be close, especially because we're not playing in Orchard Park and we're playing in the Dome. There's still going to be the home field advantage for the Bills fans. There's still going to be, you know, I think Adam Scheffner tweeted out, or it could be Ian Rappaport tweeted out that, in just under 24 hours, 50,000 tickets were sold, and the bulk of those, uh, around 80%, were Bills fans. So that is, you're still going to have the home field advantage. You're just not in Buffalo. So I'm looking forward to seeing the Bills come out and look like the team that we expected them to be coming into the season. And I want to see them put a couple of good wins together, this being the first. This being the first, I do have a slight fear of the Browns running game. I would be lying to you if I didn't say I did not have a concern about the run game of the, the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are, are dangerous weapons. So I would like to see the ball in Jacoby Brissett's hands way more than Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. But I am taking the Bills to cover at home or at their home away from home. <laughs> I'm taking the Bills to cover and win. Okay, so let's let's um let's get into it. Uh and you know, every single week of this season, I've been trying to give you some parlays that can kind of help you put some money into your pockets. And our good friends at DraftKings puts it on their homepage and it goes live so that everyone gets a chance to see it and you can uh keep up with not just Bills games, but other games that you can kind of uh get some some Good insight on to parlay. So I'm going to give you mine. Every week I give you one. And this week, again, without the weather, I'm looking forward to seeing our wide receiver tandem look like a wide receiver tandem. I think Stephon Diggs is going to eat against this secondary. So you can go to the bank with the fact that he's going to get a touchdown. So the first part of my parlay, Stephon Diggs, anytime touchdown. Also, add to that Stephon Diggs is going to get 85 yards receiving. I wanted to go ahead and go ahead and I wanted to say 100 yards, but I was I'm just going to be a little cautious and I'm going to say 85 receiving yards, Stefan Diggs. And then the last leg of this parlay, I'm going to say Gabe Davis will get 60 yards or more receiving as well. And and we're going to see 
we are going to see an offense that should we should have looked like this all year. This is what I'm expecting to see. So we'll see. We will see what happens. Now, aside from the parlay, aside from all that stuff, I do want you all to make sure you go and download our friends over at DraftKings. They have an app. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And because every Sunday they're getting better and better with all of these offers. It's getting insane the type of money they're giving away. Now, they're the official sports betting partner of the NFL, but they're also our, our official sports betting partner at Buffalo Rumblings. And new customers, you can go ahead and just place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win, and you get $200 in free bets if they do. Listen to what I'm saying. You can place a bet for $5 on any NFL team to win, and then when they do, you get $200 in free bets. They're giving money away. Plus, Everybody can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So go to the app, DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game par- same parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, and point totals. Download the app, use the code 5Questions, and place a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That's code five questions only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, you do have to be 21 in most states um, that's eligible. Um, it, it varies by, by jurisdiction. If you're going to do it, please make sure to look up the, the rules and the laws. We want to make sure that everybody's on the up and up doing this. But ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you spending the last 20 plus minutes or so with me uh, to preview this game. Can't wait for it. Enjoy yourselves. Um, take care of yourselves. If you are in Buffalo, if you're in Orchard Park, please, please take care of yourself. Uh, the weather there is very scary. So go Bills. If you have any feedback or anything that you'd like us to go over next week on the show, please leave us some comments or please email us and let us know what you would like us to cover. Again, go Bills. <laughs>